two of the top things are education for tenants and landlords and also a right to counsel for tenants when they are facing an eviction. So those are the things that we're going to focus on immediately, but the other areas that are in the report are things that um, ideally we'll be able to begin begin working on as a community um, here in, in the future as well. Can you give me some of those other things as well? Some of the other areas that came out of the report were things like different court processes on how to handle evictions, changing of zoning, looking at conditions of housing and changing of policies around housing conditions. Also, the same with kind of changing of policies or practices around the use of landlord registries to make them more effective for their use or even publicly available. Those were some of the other major topics that came out of the summit and that are in the report as well. Okay, so now, Steve, let's address the idea of a right to counsel people who are charged with crimes do have a right to counsel, and if they don't have the money to pay for it, they don't have to. But evictions would be a civil matter, and at this point, people do not have the right to have counsel that they're not paying for if they can't. So tell us about a push to make that happen, to make that be a right. What would need to happen for people to get that? Sure. So, yeah, as you said, in criminal cases, you have a right to counsel, and in civil cases, you don't. And so housing advocates around the country some time ago realized how fundamental housing is to their clients and recognized that when they go to eviction court without a lawyer, they're obviously at a severe disadvantage in a system that was designed by lawyers for lawyers. And the landlords have lawyers typically, and the tenants really have no chance at all to put together a meaningful case to defend themselves, which results in a lot of unnecessary evictions. So, for example, up in Cleveland, city council passed an ordinance to establish a right to counsel for people who are at 100% of the poverty level or and had children in the household, so it's a limited right to counsel. And that has resulted in approximately like 93% of people facing eviction who get an attorney avoid the eviction. So we think it's a great tool to address the housing crisis that's happening in Akron right now for low-income people. Okay, so let's say I'm somebody who has a low income and I'm facing eviction. If I had the right to counsel, who would that counsel be? Where would they come from? Who pays for those attorneys? That is still to be determined. So the city is looking at how to pay for and and structure a right to counsel program. Certainly legal aid would be a willing participant in a project like that to provide services to our community. In Cleveland, the Legal Aid Society of Cleveland has taken the lead in terms of providing the lawyers for that community, and we would be as well, but the city is looking into that right now. The city also has a lot of American Rescue Plan dollars that I think they're looking at as seed money for a pilot project. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Now, in terms of how legal aid gets its money now, it comes through the state of Ohio or is it federal? How is it funded right now? So legal aid is funded through a variety of ways. Uh, We do get funds through the federal government, through the Legal Services Corporation. We also get money through an organization called the Ohio Access to Justice Foundation, which collects fees when people file lawsuits, small fee that gets added to that that goes into the legal aid fund that gets distributed to the legal aid organization. And then we have foundations and donors and other grants. So it does sound pretty interesting to me. The city obviously would have 
an interest in getting people counsel because when people get evicted, it causes them to need more services. It causes lots of disruptions, et cetera, right? That's right. And so like in Cleveland, for example, they're looking at the return on investment that by keeping people in the home, they're saving money in education and public benefits and other housing related costs for emergency housing services. So the goal is to have a net positive for the community in terms of dollars saved At the same time, obviously increasing stability for our fellow citizens. I see. And landlords, they're business people in the city, too, and they certainly have rights. So the fact that their tenants have legal representation doesn't necessarily mean that landlords will be unfairly affected, right? That's right. And most landlords now are actually required to have a lawyer represent them in court because most landlords own their properties through corporate entities like limited liability corporations or LLCs, sometimes they're called. And so they're required by law to have a lawyer represent them in the eviction case. So all we're doing is really leveling the playing field for the same exact same reasoning why someone who's facing a criminal charge um, and potential loss of liberty has a right to a lawyer. The government always has a lawyer and defendants should have a lawyer as well because that's how our system is set up for trained professionals to present information to the judge to make a decision in the case because the judge is not going to represent the tenant's interest and the judge isn't going to represent the landlord's interest. They're supposed to be neutral, but someone needs to be able to present the the tenant's interest to the judge in order for the judge to make a good decision. I remember years ago when I was first starting out and I had a a beef with uh, one of my landlords and I got an attorney and I went to court and I got a judgment in my favor. And as we were walking out of court, the counsel for the landlord said, very audibly, well, you know, you got a judgment, but collecting is a whole nother thing. And the judge heard that and called them back and <laughs> told them they had to pay attention <laughs> to what he said. But it was a good thing that I had a lawyer, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and the challenge for you in that situation would have been if you didn't have a lawyer, how would you know how to present evidence following the Ohio rules of evidence? How would you know how to talk to witnesses and ask them questions that you're allowed to ask in court? How would you know how to cross-examine the landlord and counter any evidence he provided? You wouldn't because you don't have the legal training that's necessary to present that information to the court. And that's ultimately why it's so important to have lawyers. It's small claims court that's designed for people not to have lawyers. And the judge plays a much more active role in inquiring and, you know, there are low stakes matters. And so we allow people not to have lawyers in those situations. But when you're talking about loss of housing, that's a very serious issue and should be taken very seriously. And the best evidence from both sides should be presented to the court. And that's best done through an attorney. 